last week, we talked about something last week uh, and the purpose of fellowship. Uh, not, not, a, not a popular message, uh, but, ever, but it's still God's word to this ministry. Uh, the purpose of fellowship. Because once you know the purpose of something, then you do not abuse it. You have to know God gave Israel seven feasts in the Bible, and every one of them was so they would fellowship. So that's one of the things. There are three things that I told you that you got to stick in your heart, and that is relationship, that is prayer, and that's fellowship. When you are a believer, those are the things that I look for in a believer. In this Bible, in the Apostle Paul ministry, in the Old Testament with Israel, these are the things that you look for. Number one, relationship. Number two, prayer. And number three, fellowship. Because that's all a part of your makeup. All right? So what I'm going to do today, I want to I take you to today's message because today's message is really is going to continue. If you remember last week, it, I'm going to put it like this. Tape 75 and 76, I taught on how to find faith. In that teaching, I started teaching you about hearing God. And I said, let's go to the book of Ephesians and get our subject. In the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, it told us about three things that I'm going to be talking about. I dealt with one, but I want to start on that one today and go into today's teachings. All right, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and verse 14. You can put your little thing in your Bible, a little ribbon there, because I'm going to be in there uh, today anyway. We need to know what's going on. I, I thought of teaching how to receive the Holy Spirit. That, that is, is, is my heart. But I want to take you back further than that, because there are some things that you need to do. See, you can be in church a long time and think you have the Holy Spirit and don't. The Holy Spirit is only given to you if you do these things. And I'm going to show you uh, these things are not of works. These things are what God, I'm going to show you from Genesis to Revelation. These are the things that has to happen in your life. You're not going to find anywhere else. We're talking about in the Apostle Paul ministry now. We are teaching you the Apostle Paul ministry. So you can go in the book of Acts and you can see uh, how Israel got some things. But we're not talking about Israel. We're talking about the Gentiles. All right? So in the book of Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13 says, In whom you also, talking about the Gentiles, in whom also you also trusted. After, number one, you heard the word of truth. Now that's one of the things we talked about. But we did not name the message hearing the word of truth. We talked about it in that message, but we want to expound on it a little bit in this message as we go into our next teaching today. In whom also you trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after, everything is after, after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So he told you when God gave you the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the earnest of our inheritance unto redemption of the personal possession unto the praise of his glory. Now, I want to I go on record that you are not going to find anywhere else in your Bible 
where you receive the Holy Spirit by any other means. If you do, please call me. Please show it to me in the Bible because the Bible plainly told you how to receive the Holy Spirit. I'm not teaching on that, but I am. I'm not using it for my subject, okay? Because I want to show you something, and I'm going to talk about after you believed, E.D. After, that's my subject, after you believed. So I'm going to show you what you believed. And I'm going to show you through the Word of God, and I hope you take the Word of God and measure. See, that's what you do. You take the Word of God and see, do you measure up? See, if I, say I, if I say I have the Holy Spirit, take the Word of God and see does it measure up. Did I get the Holy Spirit the way the Bible said? Or do, uh, am I just going on how Israel got the Holy Ghost? They were baptized in water in Jesus' name. That's not New Covenant. See, so that means that doesn't work for you. So I'm going to show you in the Word of God. See, what ends up happening is we, we want to do it the way they did it. It won't work. It's not going to work. You are in a new dispensation now, and it's called grace. You are in the dispensation of grace. All right, so let's show you again. Now, our subject, once again, is after you believed, and hope we can have all that in all capital uh, letters, uh, after you believed. Now, we're going to show you what obedience is. Uh, we're going to show you what the word believe is, after you believe. Now, I want to back up first and touch on what we talked about after you heard. We did not name the teaching that, but we gave you a lot of word in that area. So I want to start there and show you after you heard, because the Bible talks about first, in whom also you trusted, then he used two words, after you heard the word of truth. So we, we know what you heard, you heard the word of truth. So you cannot have the Holy Ghost by hearing what, what Peter, James, and John taught. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, not even Jesus himself. You got to hear the word of truth. And the only somebody to preach the word of truth is the Apostle Paul. All right? So let's give you some names of things that Paul preached, and they are the same as the word of truth. All right? So we're going we're gonna to give you those scriptures. We're going to go to Romans 1, 16, 17. Now, all of these is after you heard. Now, we're showing you what you heard. Then we're going to go into our day subject is after you believe. So you start off, you had to hear. You had to hear the word of truth. All right? And that was Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 and 17. Now the apostle Paul gave us this because he's going to give us his teachings. He named them different things. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 says... For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. So that's number one. Romans chapter one, I'm sorry, Romans chapter one, verse 16, say I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. So I'm giving them to you. It's called the gospel of Christ. So when the Bible says the word of truth, I'm giving it to you, number one, the gospel of Christ. So Paul said I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God, watch this, under salvation to everyone that believeth. Back to the word believe, to everyone that believe it, to the Jew first or to the Gentile. Now, you've got to understand what he means. 
nobody can be saved no other way. That's why he said the gospel of Christ is the power of God on the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, Greek or Gentile. So nobody gets saved any other way. If you are counting on your salvation to be real and genuine, if it's not the gospel of Christ, it's not genuine. If you believe in anything else, you are not believing new covenant. That's why Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 through 4, your believing can be in vain unless you believed in vain. Let's go to that. Let's go to that. Romans 1 Corinthians. See that, I hate to see you believing the wrong thing and think you're right. So my job is to tell you the truth. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through 4. That's what he means by believing in vain. You're trying to believe Acts 2.38 to be saved in the new covenant. You are believing in vain. That's 1 Corinthians 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, here it is, which I preach to you. So you got to understand, Paul letting you know, I'm talking about the gospel I preach to you, which also watch that you have received. That's the only thing you did was receive. And wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory, watch this, what I preached unto you. So he's not talking about what you heard from Peter or James or John or Jesus Christ himself. It's what I preached to you. Unless you have believed in vain. That's an awesome thing where you've gone to church all your life and believe the wrong message for salvation. Anybody, anybody got that? You got a couple of amens, praise the Lord. Paul said, I deliver to you, first of all, remember, I deliver to you. Not Peter, not James, not John, because everything else is about Peter, James, and John. I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Now, he's telling you what Christ did. He fulfilled the Scripture. And then in verse number uh, 4 says, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, watch this, according to the Scriptures. Of course, he's telling you this is how God fulfilled the Scriptures. Remember, when Christ came, he came to fulfill the scripture. All right. So if you're believing to be saved or any other way, your believing is in vain. All right. So my job to tell you. Now, let's go to the next one. I gave you uh, Ephesians 1.13. After you heard the word of truth, we're showing you what the word of truth is. I gave you Romans 1.16 and 17. It's the gospel of Christ. Let's go to Acts 20.24. So I'm showing you all of these is the same. Acts chapter 20 and verse 24. So don't have your confidence in something else. It's not going to work. You can't tell God, I didn't understand. I'm giving you all these things of the, of the gospel of Christ. If it's not this, it's not right. You're believing in vain. All right, Acts 20, 24. But none of these things move me, Paul said, neither count I my life, deal to myself, he says, that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry 
which I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ to testify, here it is, the gospel of the grace of God. So the gospel of Christ is what? The gospel of the grace of God. So that's the gospel that saved you. You didn't do nothing. It's grace. Grace means unmerited favor. That means you did nothing but believe. You heard the word and you believe. All right, let's give you another one. That's Acts 20, 24. Now, that is the gospel of the grace of God. Now, let's look at Romans 2.16, because I want to show you something in Romans 2.16. In Romans chapter 2 and verse 16, the apostle Paul is going to call this his gospel. Romans chapter 2 and verse 16. Watch what he says. In the day when God shall judge the secret of men, in the day when God shall judge the secret of men by Jesus Christ, watch what he says, according to my gospel. So you got to understand that your salvation is according to his gospel, not Peter, James, and John. If you go back and look at the book of Acts chapter 2, that is Peter's gospel. Paul's gospel is what you're saved by. Is how you, how you were saved, as a matter of fact. All right, let's go to Romans chapter 15, and we're going to look at verse 16 and verse 29. Romans chapter 15. This is a powerful book, full of information, from cover to cover. Romans chapter 15, and verse number 16. Romans chapter 15 and verse 16, then we're going to go to verse 29. Verse 15 says that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering, here it is, the gospel of God. So Paul called it the gospel of God. He'll call it the gospel of Christ. He'll call it the gospel of the grace of God. But that's Paul's gospel. That the offering up of the Gentiles, might be acceptable, watch this, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. So if you are not saved by the gospel of Christ, you are not sanctified by the Holy Ghost. See, you are not approved by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not going to come in you. You believe in the wrong gospel. See, that's why people uh, don't receive the Holy Spirit because they believe in the wrong gospel. They want to see the Spirit come in them. See, in the Old Covenant, uh, uh, and when I say Old Covenant, I'm talking about for Israel's salvation. The Bible said, and they spake with tongues. That's why Paul wrote to you in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14 about the gifts of the Spirit, because that's what they was bringing to Paul. Well, don't we supposed to speak in tongues? Let me read it again. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. You're not going to see him say anything by you got to speak in tongues. So that's why he said to the people, do all speak with tongues? So what? Because they are going by what happened to Peter in Peter's ministry. When they poured out the spirit upon them and they all spake with tongues. And that's what people will tell you. Well, if you got the Holy Ghost, you've got to be speaking in tongues. No, not necessarily. You get to. All right. Now, in Ephesians chapter 1, once again, verse 13, say, In whom also you trusted, after you heard the word of truth, after you heard the gospel of, of your salvation, in whom also, after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. 
didn't say anything about water baptism, didn't say anything about you got to speak in tongues. And then it says, which is honest of our inheritance, which unto the redemption of the personal possession, unto the praise of his glory. So, so you don't miss out on this teaching because you, if you believe in the wrong thing, this is a day of correction for you. You can correct what you believe in. Don't believe the wrong thing. Don't go to church all your life and believe God's word is not correct for you. God is not going to have Peter to tell you what to do in a dispensation of grace. God did not give the dispensation of grace to Peter. Let me show you the dispensation of grace. Go to uh, Timothy, 1 Timothy, chapter 1, uh, chapter 3, and verse 16. 1 Timothy. See, this is the gospel, the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ was not preached to the Jews. Let me say it again. The gospel of Christ was not preached to the Jews. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. Are you there? Watch what he said. 1 Timothy 3, 16. And without controversy. See, the Bible tells you so don't go believe something else and believe a lie. I'm waiting on the scripture to come on the screen. That's why I'll be waiting. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 16. And without controversy. 1 Timothy. Thessalonians, Timothy. And without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. I'm going to wait. Come on the screen. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 60. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Here it is. God was manifested in the flesh. God was justified in the spirit. God was seen of angels. Now, he's really talking about in the flesh, which made him Jesus. He was seen of angels. He was preached unto the Gentiles. Nowhere in the Bible that you're going to see that the gospel of Christ was preached to the Jews. It was not. The Jews rejected the gospel of Christ. Preached to the Gentiles. Believed on in the world and received up in the glory. Now, that is the fullness of what you have to believe for as what Christ came here to do. 1 Timothy chapter number 3 and verse 16. Let me read it again. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. There it is. God was justified in the spirit. Now, that's an awesome thing to know Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. He is the first begotten from the dead. He had to be justified. He had to be made righteous, just like you. He is the firstborn. He's the first begotten. So you've got to understand something. You cannot be saved any other way. You're in the dispensation of grace. Even Christ himself, this is how he was saved. Without controversy, greater than the mystery of godliness. God, my God in the flesh that's Jesus Christ, was manifest in the flesh. We, are, we don't have no problem with that. We know the Bible told that John 1, 14, the word was made flesh and dwell among us. But that's not done. 
God was justified in the spirit. He had to be made righteous in the spirit, just like you. He was seen of angels. He was preached unto the Gentiles, not the Jews. He was believed on in the world. That's why Paul is the only one that preached the gospel to the Gentiles. He was preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, that's Israel. And then he will receive up in the glory. So you have to understand that is the, the fullness right there. Hope you get all that. Now let's move on. We're going to go to Romans chapter 15 and verse 29. I gave you Romans 15, 16. We're going to go to Romans 15, 29. Romans chapter 15 and verse number 29. See, Paul talks about the gospel of Christ. Here's another one. And I'm sure when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. See, if you are not believing the gospel of Christ, you don't have no blessings. If you're not on the gospel of Christ, you don't have a firstborn who have gotten the blessing for you. That's why Christ is called the firstborn from the dead. The first begotten from the dead. So why, why that word firstborn is so important? Because all the inheritance that come from the Father went to the firstborn. He's the firstborn among many brethren. All right? Now, so he said he will come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. That's why under the gospel of Christ, all of the blessings come to you. The inheritance all come to you under the gospel of Christ. Romans chapter 16, verse 25. Let's do one more while we're in Romans. Now to him there's a power. Watch what Paul said. See, without the gospel of Christ, none of this is happening in your life because you are not believing the gospel of Christ. Romans chapter 16. We're already in Romans 15, Romans 16, 25. Now to him that is a power. See that word power? That's Christ. So when God put Christ in you, what does he do? He established you. That's why Christ come in you, to stabilize you, to establish you. Now to him is a power to establish you according to my gospel, Paul's gospel, and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandments of the everlasting God made known to all nations for, watch this, the obedience of faith. He was to all nations, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Now let's show you something uh, that you got to understand. Let's go back, let's go over to or Galatia, and watch what the Apostle Paul is going to tell you about this gospel. See, we think we can go to another church, hear another gospel, and we all right with God. No, you're not. Look at Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. As a matter of fact, there is not another gospel, especially for you. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. I marvel, Paul says, that you are shoot. Now, these are Galatians, Gentiles who had come to Christ 
through his death, burial, and resurrection, believing in the gospel of Christ, and then now they go back to Judaism, which is works, which is bread on the table, water baptism. See, that's what people want. That's what they want. They want a, they want a religion they can, that they say, we, I want a religion I can feel. Well, you sure can feel water. But the gospel you're in, you have faith. Why do you think God requires faith in his new covenant? Because there is no feeling involved. You, it, you, you don't have the Holy Ghost because you feel him. It's all right. You will feel the presence of the Lord at times, but you don't, your faith is not based on feelings. Your faith is not based on sight or none of the other five senses. You just got to believe. And that's what, what people are. Well, you had the Holy Ghost, you would know it. You right, you would know it, but you know by faith. It's okay for God to come up on you, but that's fine. But your knowledge is in God's faith, and you believe his word. That's, that's where we're going today. All right, Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that call you, watch this, into the grace of Christ. He's talking about his, his teaching. Once you were set in the grace of Christ, what are you studying now? Where are you now? He said, you gone to another gospel, which is not another, Paul says. But there'll be some that trouble you and will pervert, watch this, the gospel of Christ. See, that's your gospel. It's the power of God and the salvation. It's the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ is your salvation message. You can't get what you need from God without it. And verse number 8 says, But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than we have preached to you, let him be accursed. That word accursed means cut off. And as we said before, so we said now again, if any man preach any other gospel to you than that you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? If I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. All right, that's another. Let's go, let's go to the next one. Uh, let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians. No, let's go to 2 Corinthians first. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. Then we come back to 1 Corinthians 4, 14. See, I'm going to give them all to you on this teaching, so I won't have to do it on the next teaching. Uh, 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. Now, watch what the Paul, Apostle Paul says about the gospel of Christ. See, the only reason people can't get this is religion. Religion blinds the mind, blinds the heart. Second Corinthians 4, verse 3. But if our gospel, but if our gospel, say it with me, but if our gospel, this is our gospel now. See, it, Paul said my gospel. But if you believe the gospel of Paul, it becomes our gospel. It's, it's our gospel at this church. I'm saying that because if you're going to minister to this church anytime, it got to be our gospel. It cannot be Peter, James, and John gospel. All right. But if our gospel is here, it's here to them that are lost. 
in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Now we know that was the law of Moses because he just told us in the chapter before that. See, if you're trying to keep the law, water baptism, bread on the table, anything natural, that's the law of Moses because Christ did not give you that. Paul did not give you that. That blind the minds. The Bible said, blind the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. That's another name. The glorious gospel of Christ. Watch what he said about the glorious gospel of Christ. Who? See, the glorious gospel of Christ is a person. That's why you can't preach this unless you have the Holy Spirit. The gospel of Christ is alive. You catch on in a minute. You can't preach the gospel of Christ without the Holy Ghost. Watch this. The glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God? Well, the Bible told you in Colossians, Christ is the image of God. Well, Christ in his word is the same. I said Christ, the gospel of Christ, and Christ is the same. The Bible said Christ, the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto you or is revealed to you. Paul said, we preach not ourselves, but Christ, Jesus, the Lord. We preach not ourselves, but we preach Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your servant, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our heart. There is no light on the, all these other things. If it's not the gospel of Christ, it does not have the light. You can't get the light. See, Christ said, I am the light, not one of the lights. I am the way, not one way or another way. See, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, but I'm also the light. People want this, but they don't want to preach Christ. I want to say this this way. There are not too many people who are still preaching Christ and preaching the gospel of Christ. Not many. If you want to refer me one, refer me one. One day, just a pastor, I want you to listen to this person. You're not going to find too many people. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. And I say of your servant for Jesus' sake, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, see, he's called the light. God who calls it the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. That's what this light goes. It goes in the heart to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That is exactly what happened when you get this knowledge. Give the Lord a great big hand. Let's give you 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14 through 17, and then I can get in my message. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. See, this is the gospel that saved you. If you believe in somebody, something else saved you, then you believe it in vain. You have a right to believe what you want to believe. My job is just to tell you, if you believe in something else, some other gospel to be saved, you believe it in vain. If you are doubting in your mind, you are not a believer. 
See, you got you to gotta know that this is the way and the only way. You got to know Christ is the way and the only way. You can't be a substitution. Well, maybe this is maybe that right. No, that, you're tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. All right, here we go. First Corinthians chapter 4, and we're just going to look at verse 14 through 17. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14 through 17. I write none of these things to shame you, Apostle Paul says, but as my beloved sons, I warn you, for though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have you not many fathers. Watch this. Watch this. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you. You're not done. Through the gospel. See, people want to be born of the Spirit, but they don't want the gospel of Christ. They want to say, I go, I went over here, I got saved while I'm over here, I got baptized in water in Jesus, and that's how I got saved. No, you, you, you're denying the gospel of Christ. You are enemy of the cross. Because there's no way you can be of the cross and give credit to religion, tradition, for how you got saved. See, it's just like, it's just like knowing that my father is my father, and then I turn around and tell somebody else, that's my father. See, that's what you got to understand. God is your father. You got to find out, well, how did God birth you? Why did he send Christ? Why do you have the spirit of Christ? How, how did you get the spirit of Christ? You got it from the word of Christ. That's why the gospel of Christ is the power of God and the salvation. You can't get the spirit of Christ unless you have believed the word of Christ. Let me put it another way. You can't get the spirit of truth until you have believed the word of truth. And all this other stuff that people are preaching, that's not the word of truth. It's not the gospel of your salvation. All right? 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 15. For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have you not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I, I, not us, I, have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore, I beseech you, be followers of me. You got folks that tell you, no, I follow Jesus. I don't follow no man. I, see, that's you, the fool. That's what I call people like that. That's what the Bible calls. There's two people in the Bible, wise man and a fool. Well, that person sure ain't wise. See, you read the book of Proverbs, there's only two people. And that man got to be wise or fool. If you, you study Paul writing, he writes to two people. So if you go, if you go to uh, 1 Corinthians, you in 1 Corinthians, just bag up for it. Let me show you something. In 1 Corinthians, watch what Paul says. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 and verse 27. See, when I say something, I'm not putting people down. You are in two categories. Either you're a wise man or you're a fool. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse 27. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to do what? To confound who? The wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and things which are despised has God chosen. And things which are not to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh will glory in his presence. 
That's why he did it. So it'll, it'll show if you're a wise man, you'll follow, the, you'll follow the Bible. If you're a fool, you'll walk around still saying that, well, well, who wrote that Bible? That's how you know. All right, now, let's show you one more thing that Ephesians chapter 3, 3 and verse 6, I just showed you in 1 Corinthians 4, 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14, 15, 16, 17, I showed you that he has begotten you through the gospel. Paul said, I have begotten you through the gospel. All right, let's show you something else. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 6, just one verse. What else God did for you through the gospel? That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body, partake of the Holy Ghost in Christ. How are you going to do it? Through the gospel. It happened how? By the gospel. You're not going to get the Spirit of God without the gospel. So that's why the first thing you have to do is hear the gospel and believe the gospel. Let me read it again. That the Gentile should be fell out. And he purposely said Gentile because the gospel of Christ was preached to who? To Gentiles. That the Gentiles should be fell out of the same body, partake of the Holy Ghost in Christ by the gospel. Paul said in verse 7, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effectual working of his power. That's why he gave him the grace of God so he could preach the gospel of Christ. All right? All right, let's, let's move on. Now, what I want to do today on this teaching, we're going to move to the teaching I want to give you now is uh, after you believe. So say that with me. After, after you believe. All right. Now, what I want to show you today is the definition of belief. I'm going to give you the Bible definition of belief, and I'm going to give you my definition. I think you're going to like both of them. Number one, trust it. So the Bible says after you believe. After you believe, after me, Paul just put it in Ephesians 1. The first thing he says, after you trust it. So after you believe, you did what? You trust it. All right. Now, let's, let's look at another word. After you believe, you put confidence in. So after you believe, you did number two, what was it? You put confidence in. And number two. So I'm going to show you a lot of people say they believe, but they can't live the life. See, God cannot give you the Holy Spirit until you believe. See, that's what Ephesians 1, 13, 14 says. It says, after you believe, you will seal with the Holy Spirit of promise. And you got a lot of people still saying, well, I still don't have you. Look, God is not mocked. You got to believe, then you got to believe the gospel of Christ. You just can't believe. You see, a lot of folks think they believe. When I get through with this here, you're going to be like, well, maybe I don't believe. You, that's what I was trying to tell you. <laughs> All right. Number one, trust it. Number two, to put confidence in. And we know we're talking about God. And here's another one, fully persuaded. This is to believe. And I'm going to give you my definition, which you're going to see, is to put, to pass the test. To pass the test. Now this is, I believe this is what happened, that God does with every person before they are a true believer. They have to put confidence in God. 
They have to trust in God. They got to be fully persuaded. And then they got to be past God's test. Now, I want to show you this. I want to I use, I want to give you my last definition. This word, to believe God, is to obey his voice. So you ought to have those down. Let's show you some people who did. Now, we know that Adam didn't, so we're not going to bother Adam today. Ain't that right? So we're going to go to the next Hall of Famer, and that's Noah. And we're going to show you out of everything that God's going to say about Noah, we're going to give you the highlights. And that's Genesis 6, 22. I'm giving you the highlights. I'm not going through all the other stuff about Noah. You can read the book about Noah. God told Noah to build an ark. Now, my point is, why did he tell him that? See, if you find out, if you find out how God operates, you'll know what's going on. Why did God tell Noah to build an ark? Here it is. Here it is. After he believed. See, the key is what God is want to know, are you a believer? See, God cannot put you in the hall of fame if you are not a believer. So you look at Hebrews chapter 11, those people in the hall of fame, what I call the hall of fame. Uh, uh, look at uh, Genesis chapter 6, right? And we want to look at uh, verse 22, is that right? Let's, let's see what it says. Genesis chapter 6, verse 22. Out of all they said before the flood, watch what it says. Thus did Noah according to all that God had commanded him. So he did. He did everything that God told him. God told him, you go back, God told him to build an ark. Now you got to understand something, it never rained. So you have to understand something when you talk about believing God. Noah could have stood there saying, listen God, it has never rained. And you asked me to build an ark that big to put all of these animals on? Are you kidding me? Nope. The Bible said, thus did Noah, according to all that God had commanded him, so he did. Now this is an awesome thing. You will not receive the wisdom until you believe. I'm giving you some high points. See, a whole lot of folk want God's wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. You won't get it until you believe. All of that comes with believing. How did, not, how did Noah get the wisdom to build it up? After he believed. See, after you believe, everything that God has for your life will begin to come into your life after you believe. And I look at the believing is, he did not satisfy Noah until Noah had built the ark. Noah had passed the test. Look, look, at, look, at, look at Hebrews, what Hebrews tell us on the same thing. Hebrews 11 and 7. Let's go to Hebrews 11 and 7 on Noah. Hebrews 11 and 7. See, Noah, Noah had to pass the test. She got a whole lot of folks would tell you what they're going to do. And they believe God. And Sunday morning... See, 
It's not my test they pass it. It's God's test. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7. This is Noah. By faith Noah, being one of God, of things not seen yet. Now this is an awesome thing. Noah was one of God that is going to rain. It's going to rain 40 days, it's going to rain 40 nights. It's going to flood. It's going to be real bad, Noah. Nobody going to be able to survive unless you get an ark built. Now, Noah could have procrastinated. He was wasting time. Because you go back to this Bible, if he had not done what God told him when God told him, it still wouldn't have worked. Because as soon as he finished the ark, the Lord shut him in, and seven days later, there came the rain. What if he had a procrastinated? I can't find no wood. Where am I going to get a hammer? Who going to help me? Let's find out what he said. But Noah, being one of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. Can't you imagine? He prepared an ark to the saving of his house. See, if you don't, your salvation ought to be so powerful that at least it ought to get your house saved. See, it's an awesome thing. I sit, I sit a many days. When, this, when we start out this ministry, it wasn't anybody in the church but my wife, my children on the front row. Nobody else. Your salvation should be so powerful until it gets your house saved. And I'm going to say this to you. You got your own audience. See, people don't realize God gave you something to preach and he gave you an audience. See, I'm not going to sit by. I pray for my children every day. I am not going to sit by and let the devil take them to hell. When I have, when I have the authority. Let me say it this way. I have, you have the authority. You are in Christ Jesus. You are the body of Christ. And you don't have to sit by and let the devil destroy your house. You can do something about it. And that's your weapons is prayer. But you just can't sit there and think it's just going to happen because you go to church. No, it's all right to go to church, but you got to give them the word of God and you're going to have to pray for them. And then you're going to have to have the experience with God to wait on God, to believe God, to know what you prayed for, that your God is, will make sure this thing happens. But you got to do something. I do not call my children up on Sunday morning and tell them it's time to go to church. Neither one of them, never. I can't remember I ever go wake them up or nothing. I'm talking about when they be before 18. But my children, when my children grew up, they grew up in church. They all grew up in church. When, we, when, my, wife was, when my wife was pregnant with Renee, when my wife was pregnant with Sam, all, we was in church. We've been in ministry 44 years. 
My wife was carrying Earl Crump Jr. when we was going to New Bethlehem Baptist Church. When we was assistant pastor at Bethlehem, he was the baby. Joshua was the baby when my wife fell down the steps. I said, "Won't want to talk about that, but wouldn't he? Wasn't Joshua baby? He was pregnant with Joshua." All our children grew up in church. Listen, when we started our church, we started our church with all of our family on the front row. Wasn't nobody in the church but us. But that's why I looked at it. If this gospel is real, it will save my house. And that's why I said to the Lord today, I know God is real. See, you don't understand. I'm dealing with believing today, and my wife and I, we came to a place when we were at the church, and God told me to do something. Remember, believe in God, obeying God's voice. So when God told us to build this church over here and to shut down the nursery, we lost 90% of all our ministry, probably 50% of the church. My wife would tell you, that's what God told me. See, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't come over here trying to pat myself on the back. I'm only doing what God told me. And that's all I ever told you. When God said for me to build this church over here, I got to work. I got to going. And I came in and told the people we had gotten some land. It's already paid for. When the church heard about it, it was already paid for. Because it was a God thing. And then God said to me, we're going to build the church. He said, then I sit down, I told you my story. I sat down in front of a man who's going to build this church, and he told me, Pastor, that's going to cost you $3.5 million. And all I could do is look at him in the face. And I looked at my wife, and I had to give him an answer. And I said, no, we, 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 gonna, we can do this. I said, we're really not us, God. God told us to do it, so we got to do it. He said, Pastor, it's going to cost you $3.5 million. You got that kind of money? I told the same thing I told the bank in my office. The money you have in your bank ain't yours. God let you keep it in case I need some. <laughs> you got to know how this works. Come on, God owns everything. God let, listen, that's how you got to understand something. If God say yay, the man can't say no. When I saw God would let us have that, man, I, I came here not long after that, and I said to the church, I said, now we're in the church now, but I'm going to tell you something God just told me. Stood right there. And I said, God just wanted me now to build a gymnasium or youth center. I'm thinking the people are going to go like, no, man, we just built this church. No, they didn't. Everybody in this church stood up on their feet and clapped their hands, and I stood up there going like, they're in agreement to that? We just got in debt for $3.5 million. And I said, okay, we're doing this thing. See, that's what happens when people are together and one, one accord and one spirit. That youth center cost $2 million. Then we wasn't done. 
See, you got to understand something. When you're in a ministry, you got to do what God said. You're not, you're not doing what I'm saying. I'm only coming telling you what God telling me to do. I'm not a false prophet. I'm not a person here that wants something for myself. It takes a lot of hearing God to put your name on something that could mess up your life forever. But if you heard it from God, I told you all the time, I am never worried about this church. Never. As a matter of fact, this is what I said. If God told me to do it, then he got to pray for it. And I give credit. I'm going to stand up my feet today to the almighty God and let you know he has been paying for it. Now all you can do is help. That's all you can do is help. If you don't want to help, then you do what God told you to do. But I, I got to do what God tell me to do. So when God told us to build this church, I came back and told the church. And I'm not going to tell you all that in-between stuff, but I lost over half of the membership. I, we probably had that, at that time over 10 preachers that left. I'm not angry with nobody. I just have to do what God tells me to do. So you got to understand something. You got to understand when God tells you to do something, everybody not going to agree with it and everybody not going to help you. Some people are going to wait around and see, is it God? And then after they see it's God, they still don't want to tell you it's God. But Noah was riding in that boat. They didn't like Noah, but I guarantee you, Noah rode in that boat. And guess what? That same boat took him to safety. That's what Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7 talking about. By faith, Noah also being warned of God, of things not seen yet, moved with fear. Moved with fear. Do you know how many people walked out and told Noah, man, you got to be crazy? There's no water. How you going to get the thing off the ground? You've got to be crazy. How is it going to be enough water to pick up this thing anyway, longer than a football field? Noah kept on. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Nehemiah. Same story. Come down and we'll believe you. No, no, no. They fought with one hand and they worked with the other. You've got to understand something. When you heard from God, you let nobody distract you. Nobody. Noah prepared an ark for the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, otherwise he showed the world they were wrong, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. That was Noah. And the next, next guy, I, I like this guy, Moses. Let's go to Exodus chapter 40 and verse 16. We're going to do Moses before we quit. Exodus chapter 40. We'll pick up this after that because I haven't gotten to Abraham, I haven't gotten to Paul, I haven't gotten to Israel, uh, all that kind of stuff. But let's, let's at least do Moses. Exodus chapter 40. And verse number 16. See, you got to understand, each one of these persons, they heard from God and they obeyed God. See, that's what believing is. You, you're saying, so, so this same word to believe God is to obey his voice. Say it with me. To believe God is to obey his voice. See, that's how I get my message every Sunday. Everywhere, I don't care where I go, when God tells me something to minister on, I put it in my phone. 
and I go to, go to work and start studying. You don't say, man, Lord, this ain't something that people need to hear. He's not going to be able to use you. Not long. Because he don't have no time for no disagreement. Not the Holy Spirit. Uh, Exodus chapter 40 and verse 16. Oh, I'm looking at Genesis. Exodus chapter 40 and verse number 16. When you get there, say amen. amen. Watch this. Thus did Moses. Out of all that, that you got over here. Now, you know God already sent Moses in Egypt. So you, I'm not going back there. You know, you, know how, you, you know how it started. I'm going to the end. The last thing he told Moses to do, what I just finished reading now, is build me a house. Can't you imagine Noah saying, build a house? How? And I also wanted to be taken up. So you got to know, you got to be specific measures. And you got to be taken up every time I move. You, you move, you got to take it up and take it with you. What you talking about, man? You want me to build a, a, a house that big and I got to take it up every time we go somewhere? And put it back down again? Yeah. It's going to be my own house. Nobody living in it but you, nobody but me. Thus did Moses, verse 16, Exodus 14, verse 16. Thus did Moses, according to all that the Lord commanded him. So he did. The exact same words. So did Moses, according to all that the Lord commanded him. So did he. That's why they're in the Hall of Fame. They believe God. And it came to pass in the first month, the second year, the first day of the month, that the tabernacle was raised up. So you, you, got, you, you go through men of God like this in the Bible. It's filled with, with men of God. I'm just cho choosing you some. That Hebrew 11, 23 through 28, we're done. We're closing with Moses. Hebrew 11, 23 through 28. We're going to start here. We're not going to be able to finish. Hebrew chapter 11. This is where we're going to start our next service. Hebrew chapter 11. Hebrew chapter 11. Verse 23. By faith Moses, when he was born, he was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was called, when he came to years, which was 40, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy pleasure of sin for a season. See, if you're going to obey God, man, it's it going to cost you something. It's going to cause, you're going to have to take a, take a side. People got to know what side you're on. If you're on the Lord's side, everybody going to know it. This man stood up for his God. This man was probably next in line in Egypt. He could have run the throne. But he said, you know what? I love being with God. This man said, by faith he was come to years, 40 years old. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter 
choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for the season. He esteemed the reproach of Christ. Greater riches. Greater riches. Christ is greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Do you know the treasures in Egypt? How many treasures they had? He said, look, my God is more valuable than all the treasures of Egypt. I'd rather have Jesus. Somebody say amen. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. He couldn't get it out of his heart because God had called him to the mountain. He had met him in the bush. He'd rather have Jesus than to have that the Bible said through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch him so if you go down on, on we're going to start right there because we're going to show you the next part of this Moses and that's going to take us into uh, another part of our teaching let's get a Lord a great big hand will you, will you stand up on your feet Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.